Um, you, you guys, I got to tell you, um, you don't, I don't think you realize the impact you have on me and uh, how uh, the, the time that I get to refuel is now. It's really, really special thing. And, uh, caseload's super heavy. It's maxed out. It's always maxed out. I think it's what it's going to be. I don't know if you saw in the headlines, but a, a lot of the damage mentally, spiritually, I think both that has happened due to the uh, lockdown on kids. At Shania, I'm not sure what your, your, your clinic is noticing, but there's a major uptake in what's going on. So uh, perfect time to be ready to care for people and to be sensitive. And I'm just saying sometimes my batteries get drained and man, I go home and it's like there's nothing left. And, and yet I come here and you guys speak God's grace to me. So uh, Bruce and Janice, thank you for the amazing uh, German French toast. It was delicious. Just kidding, it wasn't German, it was just French. It was wonderful. And uh, uh, Sue, it is good to see you. Thank you, dear. Uh, so sorry for the loss of your brother, you know. But man, celebrate his life and so grateful. Uh, Todd is here. Todd just lost his dad a few weeks ago. A lot of tragedy. I was talking to Lee Burrow, Lee and Edie. Um, they've got a good friend who's a PT and her husband. Uh, they actually visited Christchurch about seven years ago, came in and anyway, he was killed trying to help a vet on the bridge, the 430 bridge, when that 18 wheeler uh, hit those folks trying to help. So lots of heartache, man. Um, a time for, for, for God's grace to be proven real in his love. Uh, something very special happening today at 1.30. We're gonna have a baby shower. Or Cheney and Charlie and this precious baby, Margot Elaine. Good choice of a name, by the way. Margot's beautiful, brilliant. And uh, they need help with diapers. And uh, so if you could be here today, 1.30, that would be great. Um, uh, Andrew Lowry's going to be leading a class on the 29th, our uh, 15-minute class here, uh, one time only on how to find the vagal break, how to calm down when you think you're gonna go nuts. And uh, it's a great skill, critical skill, because sometimes uh, when we get out of control, we hurt the people we love the most and we do damage. And so it is so good to know how to find the brake pedal and, and keep, things, keep things regulated. Uh, September 11, gonna be a big, big potluck event here on Sunday the 11th, and we're bumping the service up an hour. So it's gonna be 11 o'clock. And here's what I need help with. Um, obviously contact these ladies and, you know, um, we're gonna bring salad, we're gonna bring side meat, whatever you wanna bring, but this is the big stuff. We need lots of challah bread, okay? And you special bakers, this is your time to shine, a beautiful woven loaf. We need lots of bread. And then we need some unleavened bread. There's actually a recipe that is Israeli approved. How's that? Israeli approved. Pretty cool. And uh, help with that. That would be fantastic. So, all right. Weekend to remember. Coming up fast here in Little Rock. If you know of a couple that needs uh, a little encouragement on their, uh, their marriage, please see me or see Carrie Wilkins for that event coming up. Uh, Stephen will be leading a group to Kentucky to see the Ark Encounter Museum. That would be a great event. Um, um, already a good group. I think over 20 have already. 20 so far. It's interesting. Yeah. 
Yep, there you go. If you are interested, please let me know during the next week so we can finalize the transportation. Yep, Um, I want to say thank you to everyone you give generously to Christ Church. And uh, I say very little about that. I'm not going to hammer money. That's not the the drum I, I choose to bang on. But I want to say thank you for giving. Because of you, the light bill's paid. You know, the, the lease is paid. I get to pay my mortgage. You know, Stephen gets to pay his mortgage. So thank you for being so kind and sharing in the dream of Christ Church. All right. Man, I'm excited and really need your help today because I think it's a very critical, critically important teaching. I want to pray and ask God's grace, his favor. Lord, I love you and I thank you so much for letting me be a part of this moment right now. And already you've encouraged me just seeing these people. And I ask right now that um, we would not shy away from truth. We wouldn't uh, make excuses for that. And we wouldn't shy away from your love either. And that we would come to know and believe the love that you have for us. Uh, pray that, that the noise, the frustrations of last week would not detract from what's going to happen right now. And we'd listen and we'd learn and we'd speak and encourage each other and build each other up just like your servant Paul said. Asking now in the name of Jesus, our Lord. Amen. All right. Last Sunday, we focused on making the business of Jesus our business. And in doing that, the story of Jesus is woven into our lives. So we get to tell our story and how we became followers of Jesus. Um, I'm not going to ask anybody to give testimony because time is flying already. But I want you to think. How did the story of Jesus get revealed through your life last week? All right. Today, here's where we're digging in. Uh, we're going to talk about authority. Exousia. Exousia. Authority. Which is a pretty, pretty cool word and has lots of meanings. Exousia means something as simple as you get to make a choice. Some of you chose the grapes and you chose the, the fruits. And some of you chose coffee with no creamer and all that. You chose the, the, the French toast. You made a decision. You have the exousia, the authority, the power, the ability to make a decision. But it also can refer to a high-ranking official, somebody in political office. Uh, Brian, Officer Brian Pope is here. And I'm telling you, when Brian Pope puts on the uniform, has the badge, has the weapon and the gear, and it's in the cruiser, that is Pure authority by virtue of just the equipment, just the gear that he's got and his commanding presence, let alone what he's about to say. And so I'm glad Brian's here to help help muscle in on this thing called authority. Um, so here's, here's what I want to focus on just for a little bit. Um, I've been reading and reading and reading again in the, the Sermon on the Mount. And again, my, my, my heart is always brought to deep conviction. I was, I was talking with the Lord yesterday. And I said, Lord, man, I set my heart to follow you. I, I, you know, last week, this week, I dedicate to the Lord and I went hard after him. And guess what? I still struggle with anger, still battled with with pride, all the junk of my human self uh, still there. 
And just because I follow Jesus doesn't mean it's going to be easy, right? And you are like me. You claim to be a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, welcome to the journey. (laughs) Welcome to the, the lifelong calling to say what he would say and do what he would do with a motive that matches his to the best of our ability. When he finishes the Sermon on the Mount, that really cuts to the core of who we are. This is what Matthew says. He says, when Jesus finished these words, the crowds were amazed at his teaching, for he was teaching them as one who had exousia, authority, not like their scribes. That's really interesting, you know? Um, If you're like me, you know, you believe with all your heart, this is the living, breathing word of God. Um, I believe all of it. I don't believe some of it. I am convicted with everything that is within me that this is the living, breathing word of God from Genesis to Revelation. And, And there's no place in between these two covers that I go, well, that's not really scripture. Um, no, it's all scripture. It's all the living, breathing word of God. And there's authority in it. So I'm thinking, so a scribe, if he just talks about Torah, Torah, the holy word of God, wouldn't that have authority? You're like, well, yeah, of course it has authority. You know, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth or love the Lord your God with all your heart. That has full authority. So, what is it, going, what's going on that the crowd would say, huh, Jesus is very different than the scribes. When Jesus teaches, he has a different kind of authority than the ones the scribes say they have. I'm opening it up real quick. Talk to me. Why? What's the difference? David? Because he's the author. What's that? Because he's the author. Okay, he's the author. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. All right. Very good. Keep going. He understands it more than they do, certainly. He can, he can explain it in a way that says, I know what this is, I understand it, whereas the authority that comes from you saying what's in the Bible is just repeating what is written versus when you can apply it to every, any situation. Yeah. You understand it versus when you read it. Yeah, that's so good, Todd. Someone else. John, uh, first chapter of John. Verse 17, John 1, 17. The law came through Moses, but grace and truth through Jesus. That's good. What else distinguishes or sets him apart in terms of authority, exousia, from a scribe? But by the way, you know what the job of a scribe is? Anybody know? Copy scripture. <laughs> okay. They're not like the Pharisees, interpret it and enforce it. These guys are just pouring over the word. You know? Edie, what do you think? He was the word, yeah. Yeah, John, in the beginning was the word. That's good, Jay. How about this? He spoke with authority because there was no moral corruption. No moral corruption. Anybody here ever have somebody who's your authority? Full authority. (laughs) And they're one of the biggest hypocrites you've ever known in your life. (laughs) Anybody deal with that little stinger? Could be a spouse, right? Head of the house, a man. He's the head of the house. Do what I say, I'm the man, that's why. God said I'm the head of this home. 
And the wife's going, you hypocrite. You expect me to submit to that? Ha, huh, we got a problem, Houston. Or a mom or a dad playing the authority card and they're hypocrites as the day is long. Or your boss, <gasps> your boss, oh, right. Of course, you know, cops are perfect, so it doesn't apply to you. We all know that. Politicians, come on, you know. Yeah, you know, there's different kinds of authority. And when you're under the authority of someone who's a hypocrite, there's moral corruption with no repentance. There's moral corruption with no acknowledgement of brokenness and humanity. Have you ever seen the bumper sticker? Talk about power. I'm the mommy. That's why. How's that for authority? <laughs> I'm the dad. That's why, you know. When Jesus spoke, he spoke as one who had authority and not as the scribes. There's no moral corruption in what Jesus said. Do you guys think love is powerful? Love, the real stuff? Think it's powerful. Can you imagine being with someone with no moral corruption and his love for you was so pure that he, when he spoke with authority, you just knew it was for your own good. <laughs> There's something compelling about being loved. There's something compelling about the truth. And when it comes from Jesus, wow. In fact, there's another reference in the Gospels where it says that people were wondering at the graceful words that were falling from his lips. Man, authority. Now, there's an interesting exchange with these very people, priests and, and scribes. Luke 20. Now, remember, Jesus has cleansed the temple. And you get, and it's hard to maybe fully appreciate <laughs> Okay, let me, let, me, let me kick the bear just a little bit on politics. You know, there's a big to-do, a big brouhaha about whether or not there was an insurrection on January 6th. I'm assuming you guys know this, right? Okay. Now, we all, I've seen the videos, and by the way, there was no insurrection on January 6th. Let me just clear the air. All right. Watch this. But even still, in this country, is anybody allowed to go in and take over the Capitol? Do we tolerate that? No way. No way. That's not going to happen. Or the USA. Come on. Not going to happen. All right. I want you to appreciate that, but I want you to ratchet it up even higher. Nobody walks into the temple in Jerusalem in the first century and takes it over. Nobody. And if they do, it's really, really bad. Okay. The Sadukim, conservative, more conservative than the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Sadukim, they, these dudes were strict. I mean, Torah strict. And they had the power and the exousia, the authority to control and manage the temple. And Jesus comes in and flips over the tables and says, the way you guys are managing this place is wrong. Do it the way I say. Don't you make this place a robber's den? Wow. That is pure authority. So a little exchange happens. Verse 20 or chapter 20. 
On one of those days, while he's in the temple, he was teaching, preaching the gospel, chief priests and the scribes with the elders. This is a group. This is a pre-planned team. Chief priests getting political, scribes, elders. They confronted him and they declared, saying to him, tell us by what authority are you doing these things, saying these things, doing these things, and who, who is the one who gave you this authority? These are great questions. But Jesus replied to them and said this, I will also ask you a question, and you tell me, was the baptism of John from heaven or from men? Silence. And they began to puzzle. They discussed among themselves, hmm, if we say it's from heaven, then Jesus, then why didn't you submit to the baptism of John if he's a prophet from God, right? If they say it's from men, well, the crowd's going to get upset about it and they might get stoned, will be stoned to death. How's that for peer pressure? Since they are convinced that John, the crowd, thought he was a prophet. So they answered that they did not know. They were afraid to answer the question. And Jesus said to them, neither am I telling you by what authority I do these things. He refused to cast his pearls before swine. To reveal the truth of the source of authority that if we got it, it'd blow our minds. The pure authority of God who can create everything out of nothing. By a word of authority, he would speak it and it was so. That is pure authority. That is where Jesus got his authority. And the Pharisees, Sadducees, elders, scribes didn't have the courage to face it. All right, let's dig in. Look at this quick little chart. I'm going to test your understanding, right? going to dig deep real fast. There's governmental authority. Official authority. Brian, if, if you pull somebody over and they've got an attitude and, you know, cops are putting up with more trash talk than I've ever seen in my lifetime, and they, somebody smarts off and says, by what authority do you pull me over? What are you going to say? City of Little Rock. Yeah. The laws that have been established and approved now must be enforced, and you as a law enforcement officer are obligated to do that, and someone who doesn't comply with that, therefore, is subject to your enforcement practices. The state of Arkansas, if you're Arkansas State Police, and if you're Little Rock PD, it's the authority of the city of Little Rock that empowers Officer Pope to do his job. All right. You also have contractual authority. It's contractual in this way that, uh, you know, if you work for UAMS, there's a contract, there's an agreement. You will put in these uh, this many hours and perform these duties and contractually we're obligated to pay you for those services. So it's an agreement. It's an exchange. And so therefore your boss has authority Exusia over you to make sure that you do your job well or you are in compliance with your job description. Familial authority. I'm the mommy, that's why. 
I'm the daddy, that's why. Genetics, I'm your dad. You don't have the choice of whether or not you're going to brush your teeth, you're going to brush your teeth, or you're going to school, or whatever the case may be. You're going to pick up your toys. Uh, and the scriptures are clear. Honor your father and your mother. Look at spiritual authority. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17 says, Obey your leaders, for they work hard to serve you and protect you. And literally, if I could, if I could paraphrase, don't make it hard on them. It's what the writer, it's already hard enough to be a pastor. Don't make it hard on them. Don't be that church member. Don't make it harder than it already is. Honor them. Okay? Honor them. Spiritual authority. Now what about moral authority? Moral authority. I don't want the drunk whose breath reeks of alcohol and he can't stand up telling me how to have a self-controlled life. It's no moral authority to tell me that. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. You go babble someplace else. Prattle on about politics when you're drunk. I don't want to hear it. Okay. I want to hear from the person that has moral authority because they're living it. And they're, even if they struggle with it, I'm, hey, we're all there. I want the person that's humble and broken and knows they don't have it all together, but they're willing to pursue you. That's the person I'm drawn to. I don't want the, I don't want the arrogant hypocrite. I, I don't want anything to do with that, that kind of a person. All right, you ready you guys get authority? You get it? You with me? All right, we're gonna test your understanding. I want to hear from the mercy, the prophet, the discerner, the encourager, the teacher. I want the body of Christ to do what the body of Christ does. Because whether you understand or not, the Holy Spirit is inside of you. If you're born again. If you're not, he's not. Check this out. If you understand the authority of Jesus. And when he speaks and it hits your ears. You hear something, something so fascinating that you go like, whoa, that's not how preachers talk. That's not how scribes and Pharisees talk. There's something different. The grace, the truth, the love, the moral authority. He's got it all. When Jesus speaks, what difference does John 5.30 and John 15.5 make in our lives? If you understand the authority of Jesus. So, Pat, by what authority do you say those things? God through Jesus. And Jesus in you. 
Exactly. Chris, um, when I read that, I'm immediately mm -hmm. taken to what had John experienced in his life that would allow him to write, speak something like this? Can we speak something like this in our own life? And I think, at least my hope is for everyone in here that knows Jesus, you've heard his voice. And you know when you hear his voice. It's pure authority. Wow, yeah. That's good, Michael. It's good. Yeah. Yeah. It's a sad, isn't it a sad moment when we hear the voice, my sheep hear my voice, and we ignore it? Isn't that a sad moment? Right? Can we admit that? It's a sad, it's a when the Holy Spirit, painful, it's painful when we hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. My sheep hear my voice. I know them. They follow me. This is clear. This is settled. And to hear that voice and ignore it. There's a, there's a common word between, between the two texts. What is it? Nothing. Nothing. Jeez, I, geez, I can do nothing on my own. Well, that sounds odd. I thought he could do anything he wants. He's the son of God. But he's teaching something very deep, Patch. I can do nothing on my own. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is righteous. Why? By what authority, Brian? Because I do not seek my own will, but the will of him who sent me. Did you know that that single idea cleans up a whole lot of mess? Did you know that? When you commit to seeking the will of God, do you know the mess that that cleans up? Please get your heads around that one. When you go after the will of God, the messes, the unnecessary stuff of life that exhausts us, as frustrates us, corrupt our relationships, makes a mess out of everything. If we would just seek the will of God. Wow. The junk we can avoid. But when we pursue our will over our kingdoms in an effort to have authority and control over what we think is our domain, our jurisdiction, and we act like toddlers in adult bodies, <laughs> that causes a big mess, right? A big mess. Adults that act like toddlers. Wow. You should see Evelyn Margot. At number 37, Bradford, as she takes over the universe with one single sentence. Mind, 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 mind. How do you control that? It's like pure power for a little color. I need therapy helps. Okay. I can do nothing except what my daddy tells me. And I repeat only the words of dad. And that's what I'm repeating to you. And you know what? I've got a clear conscience about the whole thing because it's his will and not mine. That's authority. Okay? And then, and then John 15, 5 is beautiful. You know, it's this whole divine branch thing. And he goes, look, you can't do anything either unless you organically connect into me. Apart from me, you can do nothing. 
How is it that we would have a fast food service, 30 minutes of some good stuff, forget about it as soon as the afternoon comes, and then we try to do our best to prove him wrong for the rest of the week? We can do just fine without him. He said with authority, apart from me, you can do nothing. Come on. We claim to be followers of Jesus. We say it. Why? Edie, there's something beautiful about not being in control. Yeah. But if you're prone to that, that almost neurotic personality trait, that control is everything. It's like the premium value. Man, life is hard, Edie. Edie, um, Jesus said in Matthew 11, he said, All you who are weary, you're tired, life has worn you out. Let go of of the control that you think you have. You take on my yoke. In other words, it's a control shift. You get your yoke off your neck. You put my yoke on your neck and you follow me. And you're going to find something that's a rare gift. Peace in your soul. That's the Matthew eleven twenty-eight 28 to 30. By the way, there's something really beautiful if you're going to commit to Jay, uh, good rules of interpretation. Just a couple verses up, he says, hey, the pearls of the kingdom, you know, we don't cast before swine. He says, I'm not going to cast these out to the, the big theologians, the, the, the Pharisees and all that kind of stuff. I'm not going to, I'm going to, this is the stuff that little babies get. Little children because a child knows it doesn't have control and it's gotta lean into mommy and lean into daddy and Edie, that's where love comes in. And so you find healing in this stuff. It's beautiful, you find healing. Ed, yes sir. I think, I hope kind of building on that idea a little bit. You know, I think we, we feel freedom when we feel secure. Feel safe, yeah. Yeah. And if where you stand is a solid place, yeah. you can operate better from that. Yeah. You know, I've done a lot of work in my life in creative things and creative environments. And oftentimes, you know, words like, oh, it's open blue sky, do whatever you want, da da da, it doesn't actually inspire that much creativity. Yes. Yeah. It's, it's when you understand, I, for myself, when I'm when I understand the parameters, yeah. when I understand the limits. You know, it's 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 one thing to create when you have all the budget in the world, but when you can create and you have very limited budget, and you have to actually get creative in how you're going to do this thing. Yeah, you understand? I mean, I, makes sense. You, 
can think it, there's just there's just a value, okay? an actual. It seems counterintuitive, yeah. but there's a freedom to understanding your parameters. Yeah, that's so wise. And within the context of yeah, that, yeah. and build from it, as opposed to having mush underneath you that you can't build anything. Can I summarize? And sand, you know, building on sand as opposed to rock. Yeah, yeah, boy, you're quoting a lot of scripture throughout what you just said. How about this one? Because I'm God, that's why. <laughs> he knows. He knows. He loves us. And, he's, and he limits and he sets boundary to protect us. Deuteronomy 28, 29. The curse blessing formulas. Yeah. This is so good. Somebody else. Yes, sir. I like that. Constantly reminds us that he is human. Yeah. I yeah. think that's something that we forget or yeah. kind of blow over sometimes because the first sentence, he's reiterating his humility in being a man. Yeah. Saying, I am I am a man like you guys, and I can do nothing. And yeah. he goes on and talks about how he has the authority, but in that authority, he's always humble. Yeah. So he's always showing us his authority by being humble, which I think is one of the things that all the people would get wrapped up in having that actual authority. Mm. Just the power. Yes, Charlie, that is so good. Thank you. Thank you. All right, let's let's take it to this point. Um, here's what I want to ask you. Um, Has Jesus clearly spoken to you? And did you say yes, sir? Or no, sir? What did you say? If he speaks with authority and his heart motive is so pure, you can't complain. You can't, you can't pull the, the little Pharisee trick and say, oh, you're, you're a cruel God and, and, and you exact and all this. No, 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 no. You can't play that little card. That's a humanist card. The love of God is unquestioned. If he has spoken to you and said, hey, this right here, that right there, that's got to stop. And that right there, that's got to start. Okay, or whatever it is. Or for some of you who have pasts, and you're pocked with guilt and shame for things you did that nobody knows about. And it eats at you like a little psychological cancer and you just feel like you got nothing. You know, you, you ruined it. <laughs> Hopeless. It's called Italian dread. Acts chapter 10, verse 15 says, what God says is clean is clean. Don't you dare say it's dirty when it's clean. And when we, as believers, we say, Abba, Father, I have sinned, forgive me. We are cleansed. And he's made us clean and we can walk that out. We don't have to live in the shame of the past. And if Jesus says, go and sin no more with authority, we say, thank you, yes, sir. And we don't, we don't keep going backwards, okay? 
He has authority. On all levels, by the way. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Is he not? <laughs> you read Revelation, Janice. Uh, he's coming back on a war horse. That's political language, in case you don't know that. <laughs> he is a political leader. Is, is there something contractual? You bet there is. You think there's going to be rewards in heaven? Is there obligations, good and faithful servant, for doing what I ask you to do? Yes. Is he our dad? Yes. Are we his sons and daughters? Yes. See our spiritual authority? Of course. Does he have moral authority? Oh, he is holy. You can't look him eye to eye. You couldn't handle it. He's so holy. He has authority. And he loves you. And nothing can separate you from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. That's authority. Now you've got to make a choice. Yes, sir. No, sir. Or... Hebrews chapter 12 and that painful text that says he disciplines the son whom he loves and all discipline seems difficult for a time but afterwards it produces fruit and yields something beautiful yes sir no sir or I'm not talking to you my sheep hear my voice. He has the voice of authority. All right. That's what he said in the second line of John 5 3. As I hear, I judge, but as I hear, I speak. Yeah. As I hear, and so down in, in, in John 15, the word is remain. Mm. If I remain in him, then I can hear. Yeah. If I don't remain, then I can. You know, when we leave church, we, we put him in the cup holder. Or does he go with us the rest of the week? Yeah. You know, if we remain in him, if, if we remain in him, we have the promise mm. of bearing much fruit. He knows mm. an act to send a helper to bear fruit in us. So we have every resource we need mm. if we remain. Lee, it's a hard word, but when there's no fruit, Ever, what happens to the branch? Thrown into the fire. All right, David. I know, I know, it's a little bit of cheating that I learned this, but this is a great video 
watching, he was talking about how in the Old Testament, Jonah kept saying, no, I'm not going to go this yeah. way. I'm not yeah. going to go this way. Yeah. I'm going to go this way. Yeah. And what happened? Yeah. And also with, with David, King David, yeah. and he pursued that extra matter of prayer. Yes. And all yes. what he did, and look at all the repercussions, that even though yes. he was forgiven, Yes. Look at the repercussions. Yes, yes. The law of the harvest, David. Yeah. Do not, uh, do, don't think you can mock God. That's what Paul said. A woman, a man, whatever they sow, they reap. Yeah. Absolutely. so good Edie and I know you know you know how you stay connected how, how does the, how did, what did, we use this connection language branch trunk all that What's, what does it mean what do you do to be connected one thing it's, it's just words Edie it's just words if my words are in you you remain in those words that's the connection. That's it. So the minute we start ignoring this thing, and we'd rather spend our time on this thing to cut the chase, we're not, a, we're not remaining. We're not abiding. Yeah, we're not. We can go deep. I know there's so much more. Uh, thank you. Yes, sir. No, sir. Or I'm not listening. He is in authority, and his love for you is great. Let me pray and bless you. Abba, Father, thank you for each person that's here. What we've learned, you've called us to walk with you, to be the sheep that, that stays right by your side. We hear your voice. Your voice has authority. It has love. Mercy, but the demands of holiness are real and we can't ignore that. Thank you for helping us. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for calling us to your side in mercy and grace. Can't wait to sing your love songs now. In Jesus' name, amen.